eBay Motors is here for the ride. With some elbow grease and a whole lot of love, you transform 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. LED headlights, spoilers, whatever you need. eBay Motors has it at affordable prices. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride every time. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. Do you want a beautiful lawn? Enter True Green, the easiest way to get a great lawn. Just water and mow and they'll do the rest. Weed control, fertilization, aeration, and more. True Green is the official lawn care treatment provider of the PGA Tour. And they have a verified best price, which guarantees you the lowest price with no compromise on quality. You do you. Let True Green do your lawn care. Visit TrueGreen.com, T-R-U-G-R-E-E-N.com to get the best lawn at the best price with the best people. Guaranteed. Welcome to the NASCAR NBC podcast. I'm your host, Nate Ryan, here at NBC Sports Charlotte. Bonus edition, Jeff Burton has arrived early today at the office, which, <laughs> which is, is rare. <laughs> I would say you're one of our more punctual analysts. I mean, considering there's still one we're waiting on for NASCAR. Well, America I just today. for the record, I thought I was getting here ridiculously early, and I walk in and Junior's sitting here. Yeah, I'm the, like, the new guy beat you by about 20 well, minutes. That's because he's a new guy. I give him a couple of weeks, and he'll be his normal 15 late, but but <laughs> <laughs> but right now, he's got to impress everybody. <laughs> Jeff is going to be on what we hope you are watching this week, the new roundtable editions of NASCAR America, Jeff Burton, Steve Wittart, and Dale Earnhardt Jr., on today's show. So hopefully people are enjoying that. We're going to do a little bit of a round table here and talk some NASCAR before Jeff's on the show. You mentioned short tracks and what Kevin Harvick had to say after the race at Phoenix and before he ran the K&N race yep. uh, at Kern County near his hometown of Bakersfield, which caught my eye as well. I and mean, here's a guy who probably doesn't get on anybody's radar if he's not a teenager tearing up Mesa Marine Speedway. 20 something years ago. Um, so it's, it's close to his heart, but I know short tracks are close to your heart as well. Well, you know, it, it really is the, the proving grounds to, to determine if a guy has enough talent or not. It really is, uh, the opportunity for people to learn how to work on race cars. And, uh, but more importantly than all of that, it's really the opportunity for fans in their local hometown or, you know, an hour or hour and a half drive to be able to go to races. And, uh, you know, I think we, we tend to think of, nascar style racing is just cup racing and it's not it's everything from you know late models to street stocks to all kinds of stuff and Mm -hmm. uh, not just nascar you know a lot of short tracks around the country are not you know nascar race tracks and and you know dirt tracks and and all sorts of a lot of asphalt tracks aren't nascar tracks and i think the importance of those tracks is is more about it's more about building a fan base and that fan base has a connection to uh, drivers that are from their town, from their area. Uh, you get these rivalries that happen on a yearly basis. Uh, well, actually, many yearly basis where, <laughs> you know, the, the, you know, think about, you know, the, the racing at Bowman Gray Stadium where you have this constant rivalry between families. And, and uh, you know, some people hate that family. Some people love that family. And really that's what, that's what sports are about. So the health, the overall health of short track racing asphalt short track racing isn't very strong right now mm-hmm. it, it's uh if you talk to track owners if you talk to to guys that own the cars if you talk to uh, those key principles um it's not very healthy uh there's a lot of effort to make it healthy but uh you know there's been a general decline in in excitement about about uh local racing 
Uh, so it's made it hard. It's put a, it's put a lot of pressure on, on uh, all racetracks. Owning a racetrack does not look like a very lucrative business. And uh, certainly owning a late model is not a lucrative business. So there's got to be something that happens to make it, make it so that if you're asphalt late model racing, you could somehow another scrounge a living out of it. Mm-hmm. And that's almost unheard of as opposed to, you know, 30 years ago, there were a lot of people that were running late, super late models around the country that were making a living doing it. You know, again, it's not about the health of the racer that's the biggest concern. The biggest concern is about the health of the, the number of people going and the excitement about it. But if you have the excitement, then you have that, that other stuff. Mm-hmm. So, you know, how do we build that excitement? And how do we, you know, Kevin's point was we've got to connect uh, the NASCAR cut fan to the local track and vice versa because those fans coming from South Alabama Speedway, from uh, Southside Speedway, from, from racetracks around the country, uh, those fans are, are who are going to be your cut fans, and, and right. we need that connection. Harvick also mentioned the fact that this is well documented. R.J. Reynolds spent a mm-hmm. ton of money in the 1970s, m- mostly on paint, yep. to help spruce up these short tracks. And he mentioned, who is that person now? Who is the big ticket sponsor? Is that just part of it? I mean, would it just help if they had people pouring more money into it? Or Well, that would certainly help. Um, the question is, if you are a company that wants to be involved in motorsports, you know, why be involved at that level if, right. if the grandstands are a third of the way full? That's why I say the beginning of all of it is creating that enthusiasm about wanting to come. And how you do that is a very complicated issue because I promise you that the, the racetracks are doing what they know to do. But I'll, I'll tell you that we go uh, – I have a unique perspective because, you know, I've contended for cup championships and I have a son that's running – I've ran late models. I have a son that's running short tracks around the country. And I'll tell you, we go to some short tracks and there's no local media there. When I say no, no I mean none. Uh, local media there there's no advertising to promote the race uh it's almost like at some facilities that it's you know this is how we've always done it. it's how we're going to continue to do it we go to other facilities where they really work hard and they really push it and uh, we go to some facilities that are historic races and those are you know, packed grandstands but you get everything uh, all sorts of different uh effort put into it so you know I think Kevin was making really good points. You know, why isn't a K&N race at, at Phoenix? Mm-hmm. But, but the, the other side of that is why have a K&N race at Phoenix on Friday night? Who the hell is going to be there? Right. Like, you know, we, we got to find a time. You know, New Hampshire Motor Speedway, uh, Bristol, you look at how they do it. They have races on Saturday. You know what I mean? They have a K&N race on Saturday. And, and you know, you have fans that stick around after the Xfinity race. Uh, they stick around to watch. And I think that's, that's the key. But, again, with NASCAR, you've got, in development series, let's call it, you've got K&N series, you've got truck series, and you've got the Xfinity series. Mm-hmm. So at what point does the K&N series start to affect the truck series? And what point does the truck series start to affect the, the Xfinity series? You know, I contend that NASCAR has tried to build development series by evidence of what's out there. And I think they compete against each other. I mm-hmm. think, you know, is it too much? I mean, is it act, should, should the truck series be more of what the K&N series is? Should, you know, there's a lot of things to talk about. You know, we tend to, we, we tend to think things were always perfect, you know, in the, in the 80s and 90s, and it wasn't. There was a lot of things that were wrong then, too. But there was no truck series. Mm-hmm. Uh, there wasn't a K&N series. There was the Bush series. And the Bush series, 
uh, went to South Boston Speedway. They went to Hickory Motor Speedway. They went to Orange County Speedway. They went to Myrtle Louisville. Beach. They went yeah. to Myrtle Beach. They went to Volusia. Okay, and so you went to these racetracks. This was the division below Cup, right? It was Cup, and then it was the Bush Series. And the Bush Series went to Daytona. They went to Charlotte. They went to Darlington. They went to Rockingham. They went to South Boston. They went to Hickory. Mm-hmm. So you had the second largest series in NASCAR going to the big tracks and the little tracks. Right. And you had people that people recognized. So when the K&N series goes to South Boston, they know Harrison, my son, because I was from South Boston. But if you go to a track in the Northeast, you go to Berlin, Michigan, you know, who are these drivers? You know, so, so it's in an effort to create development series, there's, is there too many of them? Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, I don't know. But, mm-hmm. but I just know that when, when I grew up and I went to watch races and we'd go to the big races, we would go to those races because there were people's names that we knew. And then when I got older and I was still living in South Boston racing late models, I was able to race against Jack Ingram, Tommy Ellis. I was able to race against those guys. So now you had people that everybody knew. They weren't 14, 15, 16. They were grown men making a living doing it. And the local, one of the local hotshot racers was going to race against them on their own track. And that created a ton of excitement. That's a much different case than what we have today. Mm-hmm. And so I think there's the K&N series, for example, needs to have fully grown men that can do that, that people know that maybe he didn't make it a cut, but he's still a real, really, really good racer, right? And, and, and that series could travel. Uh, the truck series could travel. Those, those, now you got two series that are traveling. I, I don't know how that works. Right. I don't know because they compete against each other. Just because we say they're all NASCAR, that doesn't mean they don't compete against each other. Is there enough room for all that? I, I don't know. Right. Well, Harvick's contention certainly seems to be that the truck series should go back to where it was around the mid to late 90s when it was formed, when it was going to Mesa Marin and you know places like Louisville or, or whatever. And that would be a way, acting as a flagship for those mid-level or smaller short tracks to keep them alive it sounds like i think it's a reasonable conversation and 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 um and the reason it's a reasonable conversation it well number one the cost needs to come down Mm -hmm. okay you can't in today's world how does that local hometown guy get into a competitive truck at the cost that it is today how does he do that and nascar has done that somewhat with the the crate type engine but it's not what well, it, it's not a game changer that's going to get like a local short tracker. Well, it, no, it's going yeah. the technology is yeah. so different today. When 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 I built a when I built a Bush Grand National car to race against Tommy Ellis, I could buy the same chassis that he had. I mm-hmm. could get the same guy that hung his body. I could get him to hang my body. I could get he would tell me what the springs to put in it. Like people just would tell you. I mean, I, Jack Ingram one day I asked him what spring he had in the right front of Hickory, and he and he showed me the spring. Like this is what I'll run right and and. Nobody does that today. It's it's all top secret because the, the technology has changed so much. So I, you know, a lot of people point at NASCAR and say it's well, it's their fault. I disagree with that. I think that I think they've been working really hard. I think that they've been trying really hard to do the things they need to do to build development series. Maybe too hard. Right. You know, maybe right. maybe the in the effort to when when everything was really kicking and really digging and everything was great, you had all these series. Well, 
you know, if you're going to have these series and they all need to be different from each other, right? And they really look very, I mean, what's different about Xfinity series and trucks? I don't know of anything. I mean, mm-hmm. really, they kind of run the same tracks. They, it's not that big of a difference. The vehicles are different. The drivers are different for sure, but they run the same racetracks for the most part. It goes back to having an identity sometimes is almost as important as what, what your series is, where it's racing at, I guess. Yeah, right? and, and, yeah. And, and don't think for a minute, again, we, we, every series competes against the other. Yeah. Right? And every series, so on a Saturday night, there's racing all over the country, and we're all, all that racing is competing against each other. We all affect each other in some form or fashion. So, you know, I agree with what Kevin said is that, you know, if you're going to have a K&N series, then they need to be at Richmond. They need to be at Phoenix. They need to be at New Hampshire. They need to be at Martinsville. You need to pick, if you want to have a, a development series, put them on the short tracks. Hmm. When I say the short tracks, the NASCAR short tracks, the, 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 the big NASCAR short tracks, you know, and, and let them be that. Let them be the, you know, the – let them race on Richmond. Let them race on Martinsville. Let them race on those racetracks. Because here you, they, they went to radial tires this year, which is a great change. They went to being to having stages, not point paying stages, but stages in the race where you could pit or not pit. So there's some strategy involved. They've done some things to help the series, but at the end of the day, the quality of the racetracks. You know, if you have a, a 16, 17 year old that wants to one day try to get the cup. What's better for him to be racing on Richmond or to be re- racing somewhere else? And I think that that series could be a series that races at Richmond and South Boston Speedway, right? And and, and Richmond's the big racetrack for them. Mm-hmm. And then the truck series could be, they could they could still have a few short tracks. I mean, I, there's a way to mix that schedule up some so that we are getting some uh, attention to the local race fans. So right. when they turn the TV on, occasionally they see people that race at their racetrack. There has to be some sort of a connection. So there has to be a blend between some crossover is good, but not too much crossover. Right. Where the, the truck series, like you said, is just mimicking whatever the Xfinity series is doing and running it all Exactly right. Yeah. There needs to be some crossover. You are the guy who advocated last year of maybe moving the all-star race to South Boston. 100%. I, 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 you know, people said I was crazy. You know, I heard some people say there's no way we can do that. That'd be going backwards. That's a bunch of crap. Wouldn't be going backwards at all. It'd be going forward. If you had the All Star Race at at Nashville Fairgrounds, not Super Speedway, Nashville Fairgrounds. If you had it at a a facility that's, you know, those cars are big and heavy, and make a lot of power. Mm-hmm. So it it wouldn't necessarily work at Hickory, but there are some racetracks it would, and they'd put a hell of a show on. I mean, they would put a hell of a show on. Put a process in there where you. Somehow or another, you, you invert, but you don't, they don't know you're going to invert, so you don't know what to do in qualifying. It'd be a hell of a show. You know, was when, you, when the trucks went to Eldora, was that taking a step back because, oh, my God, we're racing on dirt? No. It took us, by going back, we took a step forward. Mm-hmm. You, could have a, you could have the all-star race at, a, at a, the appropriate short track. When I say short track, I'm talking short track. I'm not talking Richmond. I'm talking about right. a real short track. No infield tunnel. No infield tunnel. <laughs> and, well, fair, the fairgrounds has a tunnel. Right. But, but, um, but <laughs> I know South Boston doesn't. <laughs> no. But, but, I mean, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with saying, okay, it's an all-star race. It's supposed to be a unique event. Mm-hmm. What's wrong with having something, a place that only puts 15,000 people in there? It makes the ticket more valuable. What's wrong with going to a small town and having a, a one-day show? great for economic it it, it it great for their economy it ties those local fans to nascar 
Cup Series. I mean, it, there's I don't see a negative. The only negative is to Charlotte Motor Speedway. Mm-hmm. Charlotte Motor Speedway's done a hell of a job with the All Star race, and and that's the only negative. The only negative I see, big negative. I mean, there's a thousand hurdles to overcome, but the only big negative is the the racetrack that's been the host and done so much work. You know, they lose a date. Let them manage it. Mm-hmm. Let them, you know, let them go to the, you know, the people that I'm, we're just going to say South Boston. South Boston Speedway, it's okay, yes, we can do this here. But to do it, you know, you guys aren't used to having this kind of event. We're going we're gonna to come in. We're going to manage it. It'd be a hell of a deal. Right. It'd be a hell of a deal. What kind of reception did you get from that? I know that some people thought you were crazy. Were there any glimmers of hope that maybe somewhere down the road there, there could be something to that? Well, moment? I had a lot of people that, uh, okay, let's be clear. The ones that the ones that um, you're never going to make everybody happy. That's 100% true in NASCAR. Yes. So there are people that I really respect that thought it was a really good idea. There was people that I really respect that thought it it wasn't a good idea. The ones that didn't think it was a good idea were more concerned about the image of it. And see, I think the image of it is a positive. They think it would be bush league. It would seem like a minor. Sort of, a, yes. we're the big leagues. We can't race in a place like yes. that. Yes. Yeah. Well, I disagree with that. Mm-hmm. I think that, I mean, does Darlington have big, nice, fancy suites? <laughs> no. Why do we have to have that? It's a damn race. I mean, part of the, I understand that on a weekly basis, you have to have a certain type of facility. You have to have Wi-Fi. You have to have clean restrooms. You, I, I get it. I get it. I'm not advocating for taking a step back uh, on a weekly basis. But for a unique event, PGA does it every week. They go to golf courses that people play, and they bring in food, they bring in restrooms, they bring in grandstands. It works fine. Mm-hmm. It works fine. They're prepared to do it. So is South Boston Speedway prepared to have 15,000 people there? No, they're not. That's what makes it great. But they can get prepared, and there's, there's mobile units that can do all of it. I mean, there's PGA does it every week. So it's not that it can happen. It's that... You know, it's a big ship, and it takes forever to get it turned around. But, but it's time. Mm-hmm. It's time to do something different. The people that there's so many racers that I talk to that love the idea, uh, and then there's some there's some that just you know feel like it would be the only the only issue is taking a step back in regard to competition, in regard to quality of race and all those kind of things. Thumbs up. Everybody like the idea. Are most drivers? Do you think in favor of it, or would, or would they be able to get on board with it, or? Listen, I'm gonna. I believe that most drivers, if 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 you walked up to a, a driver and said, "Do you think it would be fun?" <laughs> right? Yeah. I think most drivers would say, "Hell yeah!" Yeah. Especially today. Now, if ten years ago, when things everything was hot and everything was great, ah, no, we need that's stupid. Mm-hmm. But today, when we need that, we need more interaction with the fan. We need to find that that something to help uh, relate the local racetracks to cup in today's world i I think it would be i think the majority of drivers would be yeah let's do that there'd be no better way i think to to build a bridge and can i say this and i'm i'm a former driver i had the pleasure of spending some time with with uh with bill france jr and some some time away from other people the time i spent with him doing fishing and messing around and i didn't spend a lot you know, to be, I don't want to overstate it, but I learned so much. There are some things that drivers don't need to be have a vote on. There are some things that owners don't need to have a vote on. 
There's some things that racetrack operators don't need to have a vote on. The vote, final stamp is the fan. So if you took a poll today and you ask 100 race fans, do you think it would be cool to have a race at Nashville, all-star race at Nashville on a, on a real short track? How many do you think would say no? Zero <laughs> percent if you're talking to the people who go to those tracks. Yeah. So, so I've been a driver. I'm no longer a driver. I have a son that's a driver. There's not everything that drivers need to like. I mean, I'm sorry. Um, uh, it's just how it is. I mean, if you said to the NFL players, hey, you know, we're going to have – we're going to take – Two preseason, two preseason games away and add two, two uh, normal games, they'd be like, no, that's more wear and tear on the body. The fans are like, hell yeah, give me more games, right? right. So, so there's a limit. And in our sport, I think Talladega and Daytona are those, are those hey, the drivers are being asked to do. Right. You know, they're putting untenable positions. Yes. Yeah, knowing they're going to crash. There's yeah. limits. Yeah. Uh, but in this case, it's not a safety issue. Right. It's, 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 it's an issue of, of, trying to create some enthusiasm by doing it organically. Right. Right? Not some crazy damn rule package, not some thing that you they have to do math to determine where, where people are going to start for the last stage. I mean, you know, what the hell? Like, something that you, that anybody could sit down and watch and understand. You're right? Right. And, 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 and having a race on a short track, the only thing that would make it cool is going into the race. Everybody knows up front, we're going to qualify. And everybody knows up front there's a zero in the box. There's a, a zero, one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. And we're going to invert. But we don't know where we're going to invert. <laughs> and the pole sitter draws a damn pill on the front straightaway. Zing, here it is. That's where I'm starting. And the rest of the field gets set like that. That's the only thing that should be done. Yeah. Well, guess what? The people that go to short track racing, they watch that every single week. Yeah. That would be, un, it would be unusual if you didn't do it. <laughs> and and it doesn't pay points million bucks William win a million bucks by winning a freaking short track race what's not to like yeah and and are we are we so are we so special that we can't run there come on right we're not and if we are then we need to we need to we need to be reminded of where we came from right yeah i think there's there's a place for input from drivers owners and tracks and certainly they have maybe a bigger voice than they ever had when you were driving 100 percent. well so so here's the thing so they have more of a collective voice, which in some, kind, in some cases I don't know is necessarily all that great. The way things worked in the past is that if you were willing, the door was always open. Mm-hmm. I never once felt like they did not want to hear what I had to say. Now, many times I believe that they didn't like hearing what I wanted to say. And many times I believe that they weren't going to do what I thought they should do. But I always felt they were listening to me. And... The point is that I may have an idea about something, but I don't have the final answer. For good decisions to be made, a lot of ideas have to be shot across the bow. And, you, and if you take all that information, smart people make good decisions. So when I was a driver, I felt it was my responsibility to go to the NASCAR trailer and give them my opinion about some issues, whatever they happen to be. They had to make the decision. I didn't get the decision, but I did have a voice. And again, I disagreed with them on some on several things, but I knew they listened to me. And and so in hearing a lot of different opinions, I think you come to better decisions. Right. Um so so councils have to be 
you know, driver's council, the RTA, they have to be careful not to just speak with a singular voice. They have to debate internally, present to NASCAR what they believe is correct, but NASCAR needs to hear the debate. Right. Because through the debate, a lot of stuff happens. I mean, that's, hey, do you think we'd be better off in our country if we did that? I mean, if our government actually did that? Generally, yes. I mean... Well, I know, you know we, we talked about this last year with stage racing. This, mean, this was a really good example of how things could run better, right? Let's debate yeah. and dis- disagree and discuss and argue. And, and, and I mean, right. that's how good decisions get made. So I just... So I think the driver council is a really good idea. I think the RTA is a really good idea. But I also think that ultimately NASCAR has to make the decisions and they need to hear the debate because it's, it's just important information that comes through in a disagreement. If they come to you and say, all right, all-star race at South Boston Speedway, Jeff Burton is the race promoter. I'm in. You're, <laughs> really? Okay. Sign me up. You're on the record for doing that. Sign me up. All right. Good enough. Although, to be clear, I wouldn't know what the hell I was doing. Uh, <laughs> well, you know that town. But I do know. I, I do know that I could. I do know the people that do know what they're doing, and I could get them to, to be involved. The next question is: Do you know how to get fifteen thousand people off US fifty eight in an orderly yes. fashion? Hell yes, and I can do okay. that. All right, I've seen it. I've seen. Uh, so so um, when I ran when I ran uh, South Boston Speedway and Orange County Speedway on a weekly basis, we would have bush races come in there. Right. I vividly remember the night that uh, Dale Earnhardt came and raced at South Boston Speedway. And the place was packed. I mean, it was packed. And they promoted the hell out of it. And, hey, come see the Intimidator. I don't remember that. Or was it? Yeah. I don't remember that, but I remember being packed. Yeah. It worked out. Yeah. It worked out. They, they, you know, you have to go to facilities that have a, uh, you know, there, there, you know, there's a fairgrounds and there's plenty of places to park. And there's only one road getting in and out of the racetrack itself. But there's four lane road that you get onto, so there would be some traffic. But but I don't think that would be a problem. All right, we could figure that out. I'm looking forward to. I've covered a bush race back in 2000 at South Boston Speedway. It's the only race I've covered there. I'm looking. Did you forward. Do Burger? Uh, I did not. So another there reason I'm looking it. forward there to the first it. NASCAR All Star race. Got to have an All Star race. So they can eat a bologna burger. I'm going back. <laughs> All right, you got to go do NASCAR America or something. Thanks for this. Thank you, man. Enlightening short track discussion. Thanks for listening to the NASCAR NBC podcast. This summer, click into cordless power with Memorial Day savings at the Home Depot. Tackle more than half an acre of grass with the convenience and gas-like power of the Ryobi 40-volt battery-powered mower. And keep your flower beds fresh with the 40-volt cordless string trimmer. Then clear debris with the 40-volt jet fan leaf blower. Click into Memorial Day savings happening now at your cordless power source, the Home Depot. How doers get more done. Reese's peanut butter cups are the greatest, but let me play devil's advocate here. Let's see. So, no, that's a good thing. Uh, (laughs) That's definitely not a problem. Uh, Reese's, you did it. You stumped this charming devil.